The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. Our guest today is the co-founder and co-spiritual director of Spiritual Arts Institute, is an illumined metaphysical teacher and a healer. He has been instrumental in bringing Spiritual Arts Institute to the place it is today as a premier metaphysical school. He is co-author of the international bestseller, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, Communing with the Divine, Karma and Reincarnation, the healing power of your aura, and their newest book, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. When we think of heaven and the hereafter, we think of the moment when we die, yet the great beyond is so much more. For heaven is the foundation to our spiritual unfoldment here in the physical life. It is our master key to the spiritual mysteries. Metaphysics teaches that we do not go to heaven just because we have been a good person, rather we grow to heaven through the gradual, majestic process of spiritual evolution. To become a citizen of heaven, we must first unfold all that we can become. Like grades in school, as we unfold who and what we really are as a soul, step by step, we grow spiritually. Mystics call this spiritual growth our ascent. Dimitri's new book inspires us to make our spiritual path a stronger priority in our lives, And it takes us on an extraordinary journey through the many spiritual dimensions that exist in the hereafter. It shows us a clear picture of what our spiritual growth is all about, what the road to heaven looks like, and how it is the destiny of every soul to eventually reach the spiritual pinnacle. It also teaches effective meditative exercises with divine light to help increase awareness of the spiritual realms and our own potential as a human soul. By connecting with the spiritual world, we can unlock our creative potential and accelerate our spiritual growth, discover the evolutionary process of growing into heaven worlds and our ultimate destination. We can learn what various spiritual realms are like, including the astral, mental, etheric, and heavenly dimensions. And we'll get into a lot of this today as much as we can. So please help me welcome Dimitri Maraitis to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> yeah, so I want to hear a little bit of your backstory and how you came to write your most recent book. Uh, I thought that might be a good place because it's um, looking at all of the books you've written, it's it's not something that uh, you probably as a child thought you'd grow up to do. So <laughs> I'd love to hear what brought you to this. That probably is true. And I have to talk yeah. about Barbara too because so much yeah. was based on her experiences. Um, well, going back a bit, you know, my my professional life, my career was starting in uh, movies and television. I, mm-hmm. I came to Los Angeles to pursue a career in that. And things were actually going pretty good. Um, but I, I was having, I didn't even know about metaphysics at that time or 
those kinds of things. I wasn't against it. I just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having what I was calling sort of these inspirational moments, just a lot of insight and clarity. And uh, they were coming by themselves. I wasn't doing anything. And they kept getting stronger. And eventually it was so strong. Um, it was my spiritual awakening. And it was a like, a, it was it was dramatic. It wasn't small. I still though didn't have a name for it yet. And then when I realized it was metaphysics, I couldn't get enough of it. Mm. And, um, about a year later, I met Barbara at a dinner party and she led a meditation. It was the first time I meditated and it was like this ancient door opening up. And then afterwards, you know, I had a lot of my mind, so I was just kind of pouring things out. I thought we were having a great conversation. She says I was interrogating her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically... That's how a lot of my conversations feel, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was wondering, then but I was realizing, you know, she's talking from her own experience. And when she started talking about, you know, the other side from her own experiences, that's when I said, okay, this is the one for me. I got to study with her. Mm-hmm. So we started as, you know, teacher, student. But right away, there was this... Uh, we both had this affinity for writing. So mm-hmm. we started writing right away. And, but it was some years later, and eventually I realized, you know, this wasn't just a personal passion. This was my, meant to be my career. So mm. I moved away from film and television uh, and into that completely. Well, it took a little time to do that. But um, then at some point, you know, Barbara had all these, all her lessons at that point were always inspired. There were no books. There was no manuals. There was really nothing uh, other than her. Mm-hmm. So, I said, you know, you've got these encyclopedia of notes, though. we got to organize all of this, and there's more ideas coming in, more inspiration. So we organized a, a, a partnership, you know, initially. And right back then, we, we, had, we, we knew about the seven spiritual arts. We said, we want to write a book on each of those arts. And those are the books that we've been writing. Eventually, people gave me money, you know, and we turned into the nonprofit, the Spiritual Arts Institute. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, we've written five of the books. The first one is the Change Your Aura, Change Your Life book. That one is really about meditation. It tells the world what we do. We meditate. Then there's the Healing Power of Your Aura, which was all about how does spiritual energy literally help heal the body when it's distressed. Then a very dramatic one, Carmen Reincarnation, <laughs> that we don't make it one lap in this life <laughs> many times in very different settings sometimes. Um, then about the spiritual hierarchy, the angels and the archangels. And this one I like to say is the bird's eye view. It's stepping back to say, well, first of all, it is about the other side, but it's like, why are you even involved in metaphysics? What does it mean to grow spiritually? It's trying to take a big picture view of everything so yeah this is we got two more lined up but this one is was a really it was like a cosmological view of everything Mm -hmm. you know metaphysical point of view yeah maybe you can define for us uh, because i'm sure a lot of people do and a lot of people don't know what metaphysics actually are so maybe you can yeah Yeah. that down yeah well the word you know it's an ancient word it means literally what comes after the physical so mm-hmm. what it's trying to say is it's the study of the spiritual root of physical life. That what we see with our eyes and our five physical senses is not the whole world. It's, it's not all of us. We are actually not our body. We are this immortal soul that's inhabiting the body. This body is like a vehicle. It's like literally like a car we're using <laughs> to get mm-hmm. around. But we're not going to have it forever. And the whole idea is get in tune with that inner part of you. And that's driving everything else. That's going to make your life better. It's going to help you physically, mentally, emotionally. That's the big key. If you're, when people are feeling lost without purpose, you know, it's because they the connect. It's there, but they've lost the connection to it. Yeah, they've got to reconnect to feel a sense of purpose. Yeah, and before we get into your most recent book, uh. I wanted to talk about your that first one, change your aura, change your life. So, is it through meditation that we we change our aura? That is one of the master keys. Yes, meditating, because what that does is you're temporarily stepping out of the activity of life, and you're saying, "I'm becoming still, and I'm tuning into the inner part of me, and also the source of where all the power is coming from." I'm communing with all of that, 
And then I'm going out in life and engaging and, and but I'm powered. You know, I like to say, mm -hmm. God, a soldier doesn't go to battle unless they're prepared. They're not going to win. Yeah. <laughs> win. Mm -hmm. You need your armor. You need your ammunition. You know, you need the, the, the tools of life. Mm -hmm. It's not an accident that the Bhagavad Gita um, takes place on a battlefield because the battlefield is life. And we're mm -hmm. all trying to prepare for that life in our own way. Mm -hmm. And your other book, Communing with the Divine, um, is that one mostly about prayer or what? what is that about, about that we don't make it through this life on our own. Mm -hmm. You may feel like you, you're neglected, no one pays attention to you, but you are never left alone. There's a spirit, there's, there's a divine presence that is working with us throughout our life. The Talmud says, for every blade of grass, there's an angel bending over saying, grow. Hmm. So we're never alone. We're never alone. Yeah. And what does the divine mean to you? That's the, the, the reality of who we are, the divine source. That is the ultimate power mm -hmm. that from where everything is springing from. Not only are we inherently spiritual, but we are inherently divine. We are inherently mm -hmm. part of that. And we have to recognize our own self-worth, that we are priceless. And I don't mean, you know, glam in a glamour sense. I mean, the inner part of you is priceless. Yeah. And, and the, the other books will um, pretty much flow into the topics that we're going to talk about today about your new right. book. So, I appreciate um, you doing such a thorough background and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is all stuff that I'm very intrigued by. So, um, so for your newest book heaven and your spiritual evolution i'd like to go into basically what is heaven and how do we experience it um how do we get more in tune with it i mm -hmm. think everyone has a idea idea of what heaven is right right and you look at it historically too there's mm -hmm. been a variety of beliefs well we can say three things about heaven it's an actual place that you can actually be a part of that and one day as we'll say be a citizen of it's also, though, a state of consciousness that you're meant to embody right now. That's the idea of bringing heaven to earth. And it's also the pathway of getting there. Our first chapter in the book is you don't go to heaven, mm -hmm. you grow to heaven. Mm -hmm. Heaven is an evolutionary process. So as you unfold all the potential that's within you, it's like the child. There may be a lot of potential in the child, but it hasn't yet become the adult. And as it goes through all the stages of development, it becomes an adult. As we go through all the stages of spiritual development, we become a spiritual adult. And then we earn the ranks of spiritual ethereal. We, we earn it. We have to grow into that state. And it is a job of many lifetimes. Now, the beauty of, of heaven is all the inspiration we're getting that's helping us, all the guidance, all the direction, it's all coming from there. So heaven isn't just some distant thing. It's connecting with you right now. Mm -hmm. If you make a stronger effort to connect with it, your life will be more inspired. Yeah. So are your thoughts also that he like heaven is a place that we can obtain now, whether or not we are connected to the divine. And it's basically, basically we like are living in heaven or hell now based off of <laughs> our connection to the divine, right? It's not a place that we go after we die. But do you feel that, Heaven is also a place that we go to. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, okay. the, these realms are real. As a matter of fact, the other side, they call this world the, the, the illusion world, the world of Maya, the dream world. Mm -hmm. The other world is our real home. We came from there before we were born. We're going back there when, we, when we're finished here. And everything that you see here is there. We did a lecture once, and Barbara was talking about one of her experiences over there, and she said she was sitting in a chair, and there was a table in front of her, and there was this lawyer in the front row, and he immediately <laughs> raised his hand. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. There are tables and chairs on the other side? You know, we tend to think of the other side as like sort of dreamland or primordial energy. It's as real as real can get. And it's not one place. It's many places. That's the other thing we have to remember. Here, it's kind of a melting pot of energies and vibration. You can have, yeah, a heavenly vibration next to a hellish vibration. That physically could happen here. But on the other side, you're going to find yourself in a vibration with others that are in a similar vibration as you. It'll be like attracting like. And those dimensions are tiered. So 
let's say if I had to cross over today, I'm taking the energy I have now, literally the spiritual power today, and that will determine where I go on the other side. So we, we say your passport to eternity is the light you earn. So above all, earn light. Do those good things, live a good life, be productive, you know, create. All those things are adding to you. And you may not always be getting rewarded for it, but it is brightening your aura and is helping you in your evolution. And so what about hell? Well, okay, so <laughs> closer to that than to heaven these days, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's start with this. There's no such thing as an eternal hell. Okay. Okay? There's no such thing as being... There's no sin past redemption. There's nothing there, we can, and we know people sometimes do unimaginably horrible things, but those are behavior patterns. Those are actions that yes, they'll have to correct and they'll have to pay back karma for and things like that. But we're always given a second chance. Mm -hmm. Now, what we term hell, let's say someone does live an absolutely you know horrible life. We see these tyrants. We see these souls that just I mean any chance to take advantage they do, you can lose so much light, so much power that when you cross over to the other side, you can't go through the normal evolutionary process because you don't have enough energy for that. So you go to what they call these nether worlds, these regions where souls go, where the higher tries to, first of all, even wake them up to realize, you know, you got to get back on the path and to give them enough energy to do it. So yes, yeah, some of those regions do feel like hell because there's a lot of anguish, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering in those realms, but it's not a permanent state. We're meant to try to get out of those, you know, if we fall into those, and eventually people do. So mm -hmm. the point is, you know, live your life now, do live by, by high standards now, but your integrity is very important. You know, uh, we're constantly challenged and distracted by things in life right now, and we have to choose. I, I love Steve Jobs he, when he said, you know, I have to say no a thousand times to the one thing I have to say yes to. And with all these things pounding us today, it's very easy to get distracted. And that's why we say one of the whole themes of the book is make your spiritual growth a higher priority in your life. And the rest of your life is going to bloom. It's, it's kind of like the center of the rose, you know, work from the inside out. And you'll notice all parts of your life are going to come into greater perspective. And on that note, we do recommend meditation. Our recommendation is daily meditation. And don't make it at the end of the day when you're exhausted. Do it when you're feeling strong. Um, you know, tithing, for example, you're supposed to give the tithing the first fruits of your income, right? Not after you've paid all your bills. Mm -hmm. So that's saying I'm putting the divine first. When you meditate, you're putting the divine first and then mm -hmm. start to fall in line. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean for atheists and Christians who, you know, atheists who don't believe in heaven or hell, Christians who believe very firmly that you earn heaven or hell and that they are eternal? What does that mean for them? Well, look, we all have our human understandings, right? And we're all we're all, you know, we all, we believe the world was flat for a long time. We believe that mm -hmm. was a some of us still do <laughs> that society is growing. Now the flat earth society is the attendances are growing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, but that doesn't make it so because we believe something, it doesn't make it so, but there are people right now that do not call themselves spiritual but are living a more spiritual life than mm -hmm. those that say yes. I mean, if you're going to church on Sunday and you're cheating your partner on Monday, that's not a very spiritual life. I don't right. care that you went to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But if you're living a very, you know, responsible life, then that is showing up and that is building. And you'll get your, your knowledge. It was a really great story uh, told by Ruth Montgomery. She had some inspirations from the other side. There was this very... Um, you know, kind of very strict type, you know, religious follower. And he thought he was going to go right to the kingdom of God on the other side and right in the throne. And he found it was not like that. And when he got there, they brought him back to earth. To, and that happens, by the way, you do get these visits back on earth. 
and he saw his wife in the backyard kind of relaxing on a, a, a you know a, like a lounge chair and he noticed i've never seen her so relaxed mm. and he realized gosh i was putting so much pressure on everybody and he realized he didn't really have you know a balanced picture of things so we can believe whatever we want but truth is truth and there's no religion higher than truth and in the end we will know we will know what it is you know you can argue though there is no other side yeah but when you die you'll know there's another side <laughs> and if it takes that to experience it okay yeah and i'm not familiar with barbara's story but i'm curious because you have not died for this life <laughs> and neither have i how do you how did you come to this information okay um well this brings up some really interesting kind of going into the deep end of the pool here right okay um, well, we'll that scuba dive uh scuba yeah. diving you're on <laughs> uh, yeah um because we have to think of it this way if we are spiritual beings and we came in from the spiritual worlds and we're going back to them we're actually connected to those spiritual worlds now we're not detached from them mm -hmm. even though we're incarnate so there's a communion with the inner worlds even now now we may say why is somebody clairvoyant and they can see an aura why can some see angels and others can't why can some see the other side and others can't because there is a veil between the physical and spiritual worlds but if you've developed those skills and i do want to talk about barbara now because she's she's like the mozart of those skills you have pierced that veil of matter and you can see into the spiritual world even though you're here you know, when I was first starting with all of this and learning about the inner worlds, I did have, and it wasn't even a long, it was a kind of a brief memory of being in those inner planes. And I remember being in this very pastoral, beautiful setting. But what was so enthralling was the divine presence was everywhere. You did not question if there was a God. It was in mm -hmm. the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. you know? And when I came back, I was on a high for three days. It was like literally being on another planet. Mm -hmm. So these are, they're not just places, again, they're vibrations. Now, Barbara's story is phenomenal. She was basically born with seeing the aura at age three. And we're talking depression era now. You know, mm -hmm. she was starting to see energies around people. And she said, I didn't know what they, you know, I couldn't interpret it, but I knew I liked people that had these beautiful colors. And I knew I was kind of repelled by people that didn't have so nice colors. Mm -hmm. um, and she got, you know, she learned, she got into trouble. She started talking about it. Her father was a Greek Orthodox priest, and he was a builder of churches as well. So the family would travel all over the country. At 11, she started, she was in a theater group, and the teacher or the leader of the group was a theater stock company, um, basically took her privately one time and said, you can see the aura, can't you? And Barbara's mouth dropped. She said, is that what it's called? She didn't even have a name for it. And the woman said, I'm a hermetic scientist. My mother, grandmother, hermetic scientist. I see yours too. I want to teach you about your gifts. And she started teaching her how to interpret. Now, around that time, Barbara did start to have these out-of-body experiences. She said, I was taken to these beautiful places on the other side. I knew I wasn't dying. I knew I wasn't dreaming. But I also wasn't afraid because mm -hmm. it, they were pleasant places. But it also taught me, again, this isn't the only world there is. Now, years later, she was also in L.A. She was also starting her, interesting, she was going to the film biz, too. Hmm. Um, uh, but then she was actually got this really lucrative offer, but the, the hire came in because she was by then very much in tune with the angels. And they told her, this is not your destiny. You're meant to be in metaphysics. So then she hmm. pursued a different career, I mean, a different path. She hmm. started another woman that was a mystic and trained her to be a teacher, and eventually she did start teaching. Uh, so I say, you know, she started training at 11, but she wasn't teaching till almost 40. So there was almost, you know, more than a generation mm -hmm. of preparation for this. And it does my own training. I've been working with her 37 years. Mm -hmm. I started when I was five, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, yeah. that. But, um, <laughs> but it takes time. This is not a, a quick thing. And that's what I tell people, you know, in the classes, you got to think of this study more like learning a musical instrument or learning a language. You're not going to get good at it in a weekend. You know, you're going to have to give some time and attention to it. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to see the fruits of your labors. Yeah. So can you speak to me about 
the religious beliefs, you know, with the book of Revelation in the Bible, you know, and how it, it um, you know, it talks about resurrection, resurrection, it talks about how hell is eternal. And um, it's a very scary place. And a lot of people are really scared of ending up there. Um, right. And so can you talk about that? And um, maybe where that comes from? And I, I have so many people close to me that really firmly believe in heaven and hell. Um, in, and, the, in the traditional sense of the words. Mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm, yeah. 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 Well, I know. First of all, remember we 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 can we're only responsible for ourselves. What other people believe, they're gonna believe. Mm -hmm. You know, when I had my awakening, none of my friends and cl people close to me had any understanding of what I was going through, and they thought, you know, Dimitri's been too long in California; he needs to come back. <laughs> you know? So I learned after a while that you know, you know, if I had if I had met Barbara before I had my awakening, I would have not recognized her as my teacher. So yeah. Timing for everything. Now, one thing I do want to say, and it's it's a it's a it's a regret that people have taken religion so so literally, you know, um, because we got to separate religion from the religious spirit, you know, because the religious spirit is what has helped humanity through the years. But what the problem is, sometimes we want to enclose it, we want to literalize it. I mean, could you imagine, okay, the, the, the Bible has not changed since, you know, 400 AD, right? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine taking a science book from 400 AD and saying, no, you can't change a word of it. It's got to stay exactly like that. No, science adapts, right? It mm -hmm. learns. And in a way, spiritual, you know, the, the spiritual is too. Now, the book of Revelation, it's interesting to bring it up. That is a highly symbolic book. Mm -hmm. Now, Sometimes when they wrote in those ancient days, they wrote symbolically. So they wrote one way when for people that were initiated and another way for people that were not. So in that book of Revelations are many spiritual keys, but you have to have the you have to have the code to get into that and understand it. And to take it overly literally, it's just taking it to an extreme, you know. The, the, mm -hmm. No matter how inspired a book, you cannot contain the infinite in the finite. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have to be a little bit careful there, you know. But but I would just say just let those people be where they are, you know, and you have to be where you are. Um, and yeah. hopefully at some point, you know, there, there, there will be an understanding as time goes on. I, I do believe that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I, I agree with that about the Bible. Um, hmm. Yeah, and um, it's a hard thing for me to grasp that so many have the thought that this God that they serve would send them to hell for something, you know, eternal damnation. Right, right, yeah. right. right. It, it's, again, we do get into these belief patterns. The question I would be asking them is what kind of a life are they living? You know, mm -hmm. uh, and and would you, uh, in other words, are they living a good life or not? There's a great story that Barbara tells in communing with the divine, because you know she would go to church every Sunday, being a, a minister's wife. But evidently, he was not the traditional priest. In in the Greek Orthodox faith, you can marry if you do it before you're ordained. It's not like the Catholic. Mm -hmm. So he had a family of six, and evidently, he had a great sense of humor. Mm. modernize things very good speaker good singer so he was not you know but she said one time she was in church and she saw this woman in fervent prayer and it wasn't really even the fact that she was in the church or or her father whatever he was doing at that time it was her sincere desire to connect with the divine she saw this angelic being coming very close to the woman and there was this kind of ecstatic rapport. Now, the woman couldn't see the angel, but obviously she felt something. Mm. And the angel recognized her sincere desire to connect. So regardless of our conception of things, if, if our motivation is genuinely sincere to serve, are you really willing to turn the other cheek? Are you willing to you know treat others as you want others to treat you? Are you willing to lay your life down for something? Are you actually willing to live those principles? Mm -hmm. That's what's important. 
you know, and then that's will be the measure of your development. Yes, I'm interrupting this podcast episode very briefly to talk to you about sex toys. I know that this is an episode talking a lot about Jesus and spirituality, but I merge my sexuality with my spirituality. And so this ad for me is not out of place. It's no secret that shame-free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a woman-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops their products based on research and feedback from real humans, meaning people like us. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. I use their clit-sucking device, which they call their AIR, A-E-R, daily. And I guarantee you, you will have multiple orgasms if you use it too. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is also guaranteed by them. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now back to the show. Yeah. And so once we're over there, once we're in heaven, we're in this, um, you know, realm, what's, what's going on over there? What are we doing? Well, that's a great question. Um, they asked Helena Blavatsky that question, the great, the great mystic that started Theosophy. She didn't quite call it heaven, but they called it when you reach those high developed states. What happens essentially? Are you on clouds playing harps all day long? It sounds a little, yeah. <laughs> you know, doing that. And I loved her line, her, her answer. She said, No, you grow from perfection to perfection. Mm-hmm. So in heaven, the creativity is unbounded because that's where the creativity is coming from. So you're far more expressive there. For example, there there are heavenly souls that come to earth. They don't always realize they're heavenly uh, because they're maybe performing a mission, but example, well, Mozart. That, mm. Mozart, that energy came from heaven. Uh, Mac, uh, Hind, um, um, ha- George Handel, when he was doing the Hallelujah Chorus, he said, I felt I was in heaven as I was writing it. He was musically describing what he was experiencing. So those are, you are more active more engaged more empowered in heaven so it is it is the the furthest thing from a static situation but the other thing i want to make clear is even in heaven things are dynamic not static nothing in life is static they say even the christ is looking up Mm. there's not one heaven there's seven heavens Mm. so there are different dimensions of heaven because even in heaven, you are continuing to develop yourself just on a different level. So I find that very exciting and also comforting. Let's say, okay, finally I climb Mount Everest, I get to the peak, you know, and you say, well, then is it over? And there's no more climbing. Let's say you turn around and you see another mountain twice as tall as Mount Everest. There's more adventures that we will go on and that makes life something very exciting. Mm-hmm. And and how did we come by this information of the seven heavens? Was that also something Barbara experienced? Well, yeah, but it's it's a it's a metaphysical. Te- it's it's even back in Mesopotamian times. Some of the earliest writings are about seven heavens. So mm-hmm. it's a teaching that's been around for for ages. But <clears throat> yes, now Barbara gets you know, and I work with it too. We get our inspiration too. So some of it is direct experience. And some of it is inspiration from the higher. So none of the what we wrote in the book is just our own philosophies or idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all been, shall we say, given or experienced. Yeah. And really it's, it's really a celebration of Barbara because she's had this lifetime now, you know, 50 plus years of these experiences as a professional. And, 
you know, so it's not like, oh, I had one out of body experience. I'm going to write a book. I saw heaven. Yeah. It's real. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this has been a, for, for ages, you know, mm-hmm. for years. And so we try to give an orientation of it. And so uh, once we're there, do we return? Uh, or is there reincarnation? Why do some of us remember past lives? Yeah, yeah. So first thing, there's many realms before you get to heaven. It's okay. quite a journey. There are the astral realms. There's the interplanetary realms. And we're incarnating through all those dimensions of life. Now, eventually, when we do reach that perfection state of heaven, uh, a whole cycle of incarnations is finished. We've completed all of it. But then what we call... I, I don't know if it's just because I'm tired, but this sounds exhausting. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, does it ever end? Do we ever... <laughs> Well, you set your own pace, right? You set yeah. your own desire of how you want to do it. But, I mean, think of things that you're aiming for in your life right now, what you want to accomplish. Doesn't it drive you? Doesn't it drive you? And maybe, you, maybe you've got a goal you want. It's, it won't happen for 20 years. I say, you know, 20 years from now, this is where I want to be in my life. Mm-hmm. And even now, you're making decisions of things that may not happen for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, you're right. This is this road does take a while. The other see the other thing I think many want to believe you just go to heaven is it's an easier thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can do it in one life and that's it. There's an end but, game, yeah. Yeah, but it's simple. It's simple. It's like here, mm-hmm. but that's literally like saying I graduated first grade. I'm really doing well. I'm ready for my graduate, you know. Mm-hmm. But hopefully the child doesn't think, gosh, it's going to take me forever to get the graduate school if I want to yeah. be a doctor. Well, they're just they're realizing there are many stages in there, and each stage is beautiful. You know. So, are there a certain amount of reincarnations or lives that we each have, or is yeah, it different yeah. for everybody? Well, first of all, just remember you have had a rich history of past lives already. I have too. Everyone mm-hmm. listening has, mm-hmm. and that means you have lived in different parts of the world. You've been rich. You've been poor. You've been successful, not successful. You've been male. You've been female. You have. We we all play the gambit. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's enriching our soul. The question is, why have I come in in this life in this way? So I got to pay attention. This is my chapter right now. I got to make sure I'm taking care of what I'm doing now. Because then, can we alter the next one by what we do in this one? Yeah, well, if it if you succeed, I like to say success in this life is a triple blessing. Because if you do the things that you came in to do to finish, your life is blessed. There's mm-hmm. nothing more enjoyable than fulfilling your potential and purpose. You can visit every country on earth. You can try every bottle of wine. You, you know, you can do what people think is the idea of enjoyment. And those things can be fun. But the most satisfying thing is finishing what you came here to do. Mm-hmm. So it blesses this life, but it also blesses the other life. Because you're going into that life with all that, shall we say, success. And absolutely, you're right. It's setting up the condition for the future incarnation. So, but if I goof it up, if I don't finish what I need here, let's say I had an opportunity and I just totally blew it, I'll have to come back and do it again. And it may be a little tougher next time because mm-hmm. why didn't I pay attention this time? I had everything right in front of me. So there is work involved, but we have to think you have all the power and energy and talent to succeed. And you want to think in that bigger the bigger sense that you know i'm really part of something absolutely extraordinary yeah and are they actually past and future or are they all happening right now really and we're pieces of our solar in each of them like that's always been no no it's well it's you bring up another interesting point here so what metaphysics would say is in from the spiritual perspective there is no past or future there's only the present there is the now that's where God is, that where the divine is. But this now is unfolding in you know a sequence of things, and that's what we call time. So the past doesn't exist. It's over, it's done. But what we are carrying are the effects of it, what we built in that. And the future, again, hasn't happened yet, but we're designing it right now based on where we're how we're doing it now. So what we like to say is bless the past, it brings you to where you are today plan for the future that's your destiny but live here because this is where god is yeah because part of this can really take us out of the present um 
And I'm curious why some of us remember our past lives. Well, let me touch on that first one first, because mm -hmm. that's super important what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Met when you're doing metaphysics right, it should never you should never feel ungrounded or out of it or disconnected. If that any of those things are happening, that's not metaphysics, that's something else going on. Mm. Because what you have to realize is if Earth is a school, which it is spiritually, everything going on in your life today, big and small, is part of the journey. Everything. I don't mean just talk like we're now talking a spiritual topic. I mean your career, your finances, your relationships. They are all part of the spiritual journey, how you handle your relationships, how you interact with others, how you pursue money. We think of money, oh, it's just about earth. No, money is a spiritual principle. So how you handle prosperity is understanding how you handle spiritual powers. Mm -hmm. And career is part of your purpose. It's part of serving in the greater plan of life. So when we look at it this way, everything's integrated. You know, some people say, I've got my spiritual life, I've got my earth life. Uh-uh. It's all spiritual, but some don't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. so that's an adjustment that we have to make. And that yeah. also makes everything of consequence, even mm -hmm. little. I want to do things well. Mm -hmm. you know? Now, your other question, why do some remember past lives? I loved Gandhi's line on this. He says, it's nature's kindness that we don't remember. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> We've got enough to do right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to remember everything? You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it pops in, but it's, it's really better. I mean, let's say you're, you know, married to someone and you're having a great relationship. But yeah, five lifetimes ago, your spouse killed you or something happened in another form. Do you really want to remember all of that and bring mm -hmm. that all back? That can be very painful. So so we're we're quickened with the things we need to know. But But the other thing is we still do. Let's say you meet somebody... And you just have this immediate liking to them, mm -hmm. no rational reason for it. Well, maybe you knew them in a past life and it was mm -hmm. a great relationship. You don't remember the past life. You don't say, hey, I haven't seen you since the 1600s. Mm -hmm. You say, I just like you. And it's, it's immediate. And unfortunately, the other can happen. Why do you not like somebody? And they really have done nothing wrong. You could be unconsciously bringing back a memory from a past life. Mm. And... What about after life? Do we remember life on Earth? Oh, well, you're asking great questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good one. Well, you know, a lot of it's it, it's funny. Um, putting aside what we've heard a lot about with, you know, like people contacting people from the other side, we have to remember that when we do finish from this lap on Earth. We, they, they call it a graduation. We, we have graduated from this incarnation. We have finished what we came here to do. And we have other adventures we need to do on the other side. So while I, we won't say that the memory is like completely gone, it is selective. Then you're not remembering everything because, again, that would pull you back to the earth um, and you have other things to do. Now, sometimes if you're in regrets, gosh, I really didn't treat this person very well you know yeah that will come through and you may even come back to earth sometimes to to ask their forgiveness barbara was at one of these meetings once i wasn't with her that day where you know this gentleman was kind of contacting people from the other side and he started describing this one man and the woman in the front row she started turning beet red so oh my god that's my husband that crossed over hmm. and the man was saying he's begging your forgiveness and she's saying, I'll never forgive that SOB as long as I live. Hmm. You know, so never go to your grave with a grudge. You know, I don't, you know, things are going to happen. We're going to hurt each other at times. But you, it's it frees you. Most people don't realize forgiveness is is letting the energy go yourself. That woman that hmm. survived the Rwandan genocide, she didn't have metaphysical training, but she knew her anger and hatred was eating her alive. Mm -hmm. and she finally found it to forgive those people that did that unspeakable act, you know. 
Now, I always think in my mind, boy, if she can do that, I can forgive anybody for anything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and so are these <laughs> <as it> gets. <laughs> yeah. what like we call ghosts? Would that be these people that are are carrying regrets, trying to somehow sometimes? Them? Yeah, and sometimes what happens is people they're, they're they're called earthbound spirits. They don't quite realize they've crossed over, and they're kind of caught. Yeah, when I first moved into the house not the one I'm in now, but the other one, it was a probate house. The man that had lived there died of Agent Orange. He was from the, you know, Vietnam era and all mm-hmm. of that. And it was, it was sad because, you know, he was planning his life with his family and, you know, this it was a tragedy, you know, it happened. So Barbara always taught me, clean your house out spiritually when you move in, all that. But I didn't. I kind of moved everything in really quick. So my first night I'm sleeping in the living room with the boxes all around me, I wake up early in the morning and I see two hands trying to strangle me oh. like this, you know, mm-hmm. like this. and I'm thinking, wow, this is one crazy dream, but I'm realizing it's not a dream. I'm fully mm-hmm. awake. And it was him. He didn't know he was dead and he was trying, he thought I was an intruder and he was trying to defend his house. Hmm. And it took days of prayer with, you know, to convince him, to cross over to the other side, <laughs> you know, it's time to follow the angels home. You're not on earth anymore. The, this time of your life is over. Mm. So sometimes it's a very hard thing for people to, to accept. Yeah. Hmm. And what can we do to prevent, you know, from getting earthbound? Well, what you're doing now, you're, you're start thinking more spiritually and that's a huge benefit. Now it, it's not as common that that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that is, uh, it does happen. But generally, people do make it over to the other side, and they're okay. But there, there's sometimes when you're really obsessed with something or really preoccupied with something, Barbara had a fantastic experience, where, you know, not far from here, there's an old gold mining town in Julian, you know, we're in Southern California here. And um there was a tour you could go down to see one of the old mining. It hasn't been used for 80 years. You know, she came back and she had one of those looks. I said, what, what happened, Barbara? She says, you won't believe it. There's a guy down there still mining for gold. Oh, wow. No, he's died. And he's still like, I'm going to get rich. You know, I'm going to, you know, that kind yeah. of. Now she, he probably was shocked that she could see him. And there was a conversation and evidently he did. She did help him get out of there. But we get into these loops and sometimes it is hard to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but when those things happen, you just say, you know, follow the angels home. Uh, the recommendation at every funeral you may go to is sometimes the deceased shows up at their own funerals, say, follow the angels home. Your time mm-hmm. is here. Come on. They get distressed if, um, if they see distress. Let's say if they see people over grieving for them, it, it distresses them. They don't like to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're supposed to grieve when people pass, but not excessively. And after a period of time, we say, look, I'll see you again. The most mm-hmm. beautiful thing is no love is ever lost. If you love somebody and they've crossed over, you'll see them again. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about that. Love transgressed the, the veil of death. You know? Yeah. And that makes me think of children. You know, it's the hardest thing to imagine a parent losing a child. What happens to children when they die? And also what happens to those who die a terrible death? You know, there's a lot of grief around their death. Right, right. Well, it's interesting. Um, if children, sometimes it's your karma to die young. I know it sounds terrible, but sometimes that's just the karmic destiny mm. for whatever reason. And they continue to grow on the other side. They There's children on the other side and they have, you know, there's obviously no births on the other side like here. But there are sort of like these foster parents that will raise them because they they're in that still that childlike form and they still have to go through the development, but they'll just go go through it on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, when people die horrible deaths, um, the higher there are these healing temples on the other side, and the higher takes them to these temples to help. But it can be a slow thing because you know the memory seat of that. And then that can sometimes in another life create a phobia. For example, why are some people terrified of water or would never get on a boat to save their life, even though the boat is like perfectly safe? 
Well, they may be remembering a past life where they drowned or they're scared of heights and, oh God, I can't even get, you know, I'm freaking out. It's just, you know, well, maybe they remember where they fell off a cliff and, you know, died. Mm -hmm. So those seed memories can be there. We're trying, we're meant to try to conquer them though. Uh, what, what do they say when you fall off a horse, get on it right away again, or you may never ride a horse ever, you know? Yeah. So, we, we, when these things happen, the sooner we get our handle on them, the better. Mm, okay. And as far as our spiritual evolution and, you know, what we do now mattering as far as what realm we end up in, how do we know where we're at in our spiritual evolution? That can be a tough one because you're again hitting on another important point. We have a spiritual potential, so we mm -hmm. come in at a certain vibration, but that may not be the vibration we're meant to go out of. You know, we're meant mm -hmm. to evolve. Yeah. So while we're all destined for greatness, we're all gonna go to heaven. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm -hmm. How far can I go in this life? That can be a little bit, not always easy to understand, but then you can still challenge yourself and ask, well, what kind of a life am I living? Am I living by the standards I want to do? Am I doing it? You know, the self-evaluation, uh, Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. Uh, it does help to have training. I could never have learned all these things I learned on my own without having someone like a, like Barbara to teach me. Same way she learned some things from her teachers. So the teacher lineage, you know, quite frankly, you know, you may know, it wouldn't have been that long ago, a conversation like this, you can only have it if you're in a mystery school or an ashram. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's only recently, I mean, and then to broadcast it like we're doing, I mean, that's a phenomena of this modern times, which is yeah. very exciting because mm -hmm. so many people are waking up. But uh, the you, you, eventually you do know, of course, and on the other side, you're very aware of it because it, literally that's where you are. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to what kind of a lot, you know, you look at all the spiritual traditions, conduct of living is always right there at number one. What what kind of a life are you living? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that really the, the way people would, I guess, grade themselves on that is so different, you know, for everyone. Some people just want to know that they're happy with themselves, that they're providing for their family. Some people want to know that right. they're making a huge impact in the world, that they're living their purpose. You know, it's it's so different for everybody. Um, but for some people, maybe, look, if I had a lifetime where I didn't get to have a family and and career was a struggle, and now in this lifetime, I get to have a great career and a great family, that's a true accomplishment. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a phenomenal, you know, it, so we should we should rejoice on that. Look, we're, we're not all going to be, you know, Gandhis and, <laughs> you know, sometime we're going to have a, a, a quiet life, but we're going to do everything right. Mm -hmm. And that's great. We should We should relish that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really helps take the pressure off people. Um, you know, you, you kind of want everybody to be making an impact in the world. But when you think about um, it in that sense, yeah, you know, that this just might not be the life that they're meant to do that. Um, well, or they don't realize how they're impacting. That's what that whole movie, It's a Wonderful Life, right? He mm -hmm. thought his life was worthless, right? It wasn't adding up anything. And then when he saw what life was like without him, he realized, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much impact i made on people yeah when you do things you don't always real good things you don't always realize how much you may have influenced somebody else for the better yeah that's yeah. that's an important point yeah. yeah so there's a few short questions that i like to ask yeah. everyone that comes on the show the first one is if you could hug your younger self right now what would you say <laughs> <laughs> be prepared for what's coming up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think around 25 when i had my awakening and uh, 26 when I started with Barbara, and I, you know, I was all in already, but I had no idea what I was in for. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm ready for the long haul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I have an answer to that one. It's a, um, it's a hard one. Yeah, that is a hard one. Um, you know, because when I think of the books that inspired me, I realized they were books at a certain time. Yeah. That really inspired me. So I, I don't know if I can answer. Was there one that helped start your awakening? Well, after I had my awakening, um, the first books I read were the There is a River about 
uh, Edgar Casey and Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda. Uh, but there were other books, you know, that really influenced me along the way. Yes, the, the Secret Doctrine was influential. The Secret Teaching of All Times by Manly Hall. Those books were transformative to me. The Art of Spiritual Healing by Joel Goldsmith. Those were transform. That was a transformative book. Mm. And you know, after studying with Barbara, and she was teaching me the the more mystical keys, I started to really appreciate the Bible because yeah. I started to see the mystical keys in the Bible mm. and what was really being said. And I started appreciating other scriptural writings from the East and the, I love the Upanishads, you know, of, of the East. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think it's when you're, you know, it's just they say when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Well, when the student's ready, the right, the right book appears. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Do everything to fulfill what you came here to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How can people connect with you and read more of your work? Well, first of all, thank you. You know, I have to show it there. It just came out two days ago. Heaven is and yeah. yay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get in bookstores or Barnes and Noble or online. Our organization, spiritualarts.org. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's Spiritual Arts Institute. The website is spiritualarts.org. Okay. We're having, uh, we do a lot of classes, workshops, trainings, and uh, uh, you talked about our other books too. Uh, we just welcome you. I have to say one last thing, one of the most beautiful things of this whole journey are the people, that yeah. you're working with people that are on a similar path. I mean, these are brothers and sisters in light. And that's mm -hmm. just a really, really beautiful thing. That is the most beautiful part. It is, yeah. yeah. The shared connection there. Exactly. Awesome, well, thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right, you guys, I know that was an out there episode. And a lot of times, I know even for me, this this may sound out there too, but like sometimes when I'm taking in information like that, like I actually get a headache. And I don't know if it's like a third eye blockage that's being cleared or if it's just like I only have so much bandwidth and like, you know, I can only... I can only think and take in so much, you know, and I've got so much already with this life to be thinking about afterlife just isn't, you know, helpful at this time. It can feel like that, but uh, still bringing this stuff into our awareness and just getting curious about it is really freeing because it's, you know, at least for me, because I grew up in a church that really preached damnation and hell and to even entertain that, you know, there are seven heavens and all of these things feels really expansive. And, um, it also like reminds me that I've just been taught one way and we all think that the way we've been taught is the way but there are so many ways and to just open ourselves up to that. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. You'll get a discount with code Jade. You'll get 15% off. Currently, my favorite is the suction toy. It is my favorite thing to use during sex and during my pleasure practice without fail. I have multiple orgasms every single time and I actually pair it with my pleasure wand and that is from wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. I also have a yoni egg from there and the yoni egg, if you haven't heard of it, it strengthens your pelvic floor and you know, the more toned that area is, the more toned your face is, actually. There's a lot of studies around that. So has anti-aging effects. You'll get a discount there with code Jade. So the clit sucker is from dameproducts.com. You can go to that one first. And if you want to add a pleasure wand, you can go to wands.com. Both of those will be code Jade. And then royal codes, goddess wear. I love my Mary Magdalene two-piece set and my snake armulet. I wear my snake armulet almost every day. I'm obsessed with it. Code Jade for a discount there as well. And then all things CBD at directhemp.com. I love my sleepy time gummies and my body butter. I love, love, love it. Put it on my feet every night. That's code Jade 
as well for a discount. And then all things infrared at higher dose infrared products. I love my sauna blanket and my bioenergy mat. And I also especially love the infrared face mask. I use that while on my bioenergy mat almost every single night. And I feel so grounded and ready for bed. That's code JADE75 for $75 off. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. If you thought of someone during this episode, that means that this episode would probably be helpful for them. So send it along. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here.